Welcome to Let's Talk Cake. I'm Carrie. And I'm Savannah. And on today's episode, we will be talking to Elizabeth from Elizabeth's Cake Emporium. Cakes can truly just steal the show of a party. I approach mixing frosting the same way that I would mix paint. I'm ready to do more. I need to do more. Send me your cake recipes. Send me everything you have. I Send me everything. You know, baking is... It's such a craft. All of your senses are involved, and it's such an expression, and it's cozy, and it's so rewarding. Honestly, I'm sure everyone has been touched by cake in some way. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us on today's episode of Let's Talk Cake, a podcast by cakers for cakers. I'm Savannah, and I'm here with my mom, Carrie, and together we own the dessert studio in Utah. So this week in the bakery was like the second week in a row that we haven't really had time to even breathe. (laughs) It has been so busy. And this week we threw in on top of a few different weddings. We threw in a family reunion, a cousin's wedding, and... um, Just other family events. Yeah, there was just a lot going on. (laughs) (laughs) We had family in from out of town. And so it was kind of like every spare minute there were little things planned to make sure we all got to see each other. And it was a really, really fun week, but it made for a really hectic week. Yeah, for sure. We try and work our weeks out so that we kind of have a day off or at least a morning off just to kind of relax and get our own lives together. <laughs> but the la- these last two weeks, I don't know, last week's episode, you probably heard how we just sounded <laughs> exhausted. <laughs> and a little angry a couple of times. <laughs> uh, but the exhaustion continued into this week. So <laughs> yeah, I, to be really honest, I'm looking forward to next week because it is just a little bit quieter. Yeah. And we hopefully will be able to breathe. <laughs> For sure. And I am now in my second trimester of pregnancy. And I don't know, just all the running around, all the always on my feet. It's tiring yeah. for sure. So it'll be nice to. <laughs> on a sad note, this week in the bakery, our car, someone attempted to break into our car yep. and ru- ruined the passenger side window. And that was a huge hassle. So I will just never understand doing that. <laughs> I don't get it. And it was kind of frustrating. And we saw that there had been some other cars in the parking lot that had been broken into. And when we got to our car, we were so relieved that it hadn't been. And then the next day, Savannah and I were gone getting something for the, the bakery. And she, she said it sounded like someone was tapping on the window next to her. And it kind of startled her. And she looked over and they had actually broken the bottom part of the window and we hadn't seen it. But I guess being out in the heat or something, it just started cracking and it sounded like it was someone knocking on the window. Started moving up the entire windows. Yeah, so we had so to do weird. the whole police report and everything. And yeah. it was kind of frustrating. So anyway, but, but that was minor. The rest of the week was really good. <laughs> on a better note, we did have a really fun weekend. Um with a wedding cake. So one of our wedding cakes was just a pretty simple white base for the cake. But then the couple wanted to do buttercream flowers that looked just like the butter or looked just like the flowers on their wedding invitation. They actually sent us the wedding invitation to go off of. And Savannah took that cake on this week and she nailed it. It looked just like the invitations and it was absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, it's super fun because wedding cakes really do just reflect the couple's personality and maybe it's not like a huge reflection necessarily of who they are but 
have it reflect the wedding invite or reflect just something about them yeah. and their style. Something and... that is important to them and a, an aspect of the wedding that they want to highlight and yeah. let the cake kind of reflect that also. Yeah. So. so it's definitely a fun thing that we all get to do, just be a part of people's big days. And that's why all of the running around, all of the hours on our feet is so worth it just because we do get to be a part of people's special days and create something that reflects who they are as they start such a big journey in their lives and so yeah it's fun we do it for for the good times (laughs) (laughs) so another thing that happened this week that was cool is we got a really nice message from one of our listeners and we wanted to share it with you and while um while she's bringing that up, I'll just tell you another cool thing that happened this week. And that is that after last week's episode, we had some, one of you reach out and say that they could actually help one of our guests that had expressed an interest in doing something. And that is something that we have found is happening regularly where you guys are reaching out and helping each other with things. And so our goal of trying to build a cake community, we see, we see signs of that happening. And so we just really appreciate the attentiveness that you all show for each other. And so, yeah, if you, if if you hear something on the podcast that you have a suggestion for reach out and share either with us through us or to them themselves, because we're, we're really building something here that I think is going to be useful for all of us. And we're excited about it. Yeah, for sure. And don't hesitate to feel like you don't want to reach out because we're like the in-between between maybe like an interviewee and you. But we don't care. <laughs> no, we don't care one bit. And it's awesome just to be that in-between and see these relationships growing and yeah. forming. So we, we love we love introducing people to each other and we love seeing all of you reaching out to each other. So keep it up. And we love getting comments like this. It just makes a busy week. You kind of get a little, Ooh, I'm so tired, but then you get a message like this and it's just like, okay, this is why we're doing it. Definitely. You want to go ahead and read it Savannah? Yeah. But the message was so nice. So it comes from cakes by Rach. Um, She messaged us through Instagram and she said, Hey guys, I've just started listening to your podcast, but I wanted to say thank you. Thank you for providing such inspirational stories and thoughts. When I started making cakes a year ago, I never intended for it to blow up like it has, and it's moving so much faster than I am, I can barely keep up. Due to that, I feel like I have so much to learn, but have struggled to know how to learn it while being so busy. Your podcast has already provided me with so many tips, guidance, and revelation for me, my family, and this little business of mine. Thank you for the good you are doing, providing others and resources. I truly appreciate it and love it. So thank you, Rachel. That was so nice and a good reminder that what we're doing is worthwhile and all of you are listening and we are just so thankful to know that you are listening and we are working together. And those tips and tricks Mm -hmm. and advice that she's talking about is coming from you, um, from our guests that are willing to come on and talk to us and from those of you that that participate in this forum. And so we really appreciate it. Definitely. And I like what Rachel said about how the business is just growing and growing and sometimes it's hard to keep up. And that's what we love to hear. We love to hear that other people are finding success and that these little home bakeries that we all have are are really starting to become something bigger. And, and yeah, we just wish all the best for each and every one of you and success in each of your 
kitchens and bakeries. So yes, for keep sure. on baking. <laughs> yeah. So thank you. And we're so excited today. We're talking to Elizabeth from London. I'm excited just to hear her accent. So, <laughs> so let's go ahead and get her on. Hello, Elizabeth. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Savannah. Hello, um, Carrie. How are you today? We are good. It's so good to talk to you. And we're excited to have you coming to us from all the way in Great Britain. Where exactly are you? I am based in London. Um, and yeah, it's a, a cold, wet, rainy day um, in the middle of summer, as usual. But we did have lovely weather a few weeks ago. So today might just be a glitch. I hope. <laughs> a little glitch. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, I would actually, I'm feeling a little jealous because we're actually boiling it here today. Hot, it is yes. so hot. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> so we're we're longing for a little rain and cool weather, but, you know, I guess you always want what you don't have, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, could you go ahead and tell us just a little bit about how you got started in the cake industry and what your business entails? Yes, um, I started my career as a biomedical scientist, actually. Oh, wow. And I did that for, um, I think I did that for about 14 years, 15 years. And then I got tired of being what I call a lab rat. So I decided to work in the city. I did an MBA and um, got a job as a headhunter in the city. So I was recruiting chief executives and directors of companies. And it was quite a pressurized job. So I decided to start baking in order to relieve a bit of stress and to relax me. And um, a lot of people kept saying, oh, my God, the, you know, your bakes are amazing. They're delicious, etc." But I didn't really see it as a proper, you know, career or anything like that. And um, it was around um, 2006, 2007. And I think the recession was just about to hit. And then I got made redundant. And then I thought, you know what, maybe I should just go ahead and do this for a living. Um, and also it was around a milestone birthday. And I decided if I don't do it now, I'll never do it. And that's how I started Elizabeth's Cake Emporium. Wow. And that's really it, really. That's amazing. It looks like it was a good thing that pushed you into this because your stuff is so beautiful and Tell us a little bit about some of your competitions and some of the things that you do that way. Um, well, when I started, um, obviously I was, you know, I didn't have, in my view anyway, I wanted to upskill myself. Um, and while I was working as a headhunter, I could afford to take time off and um, come over to America, actually. I used to come to America a lot um, to... Um, cake, you know, because America, you know, you, you guys had the first cake camp. And I would also go, you know, I would learn from people like Colette Peters, um, people like Ron Ben Israel. Um, so I learned from quite a few good people in America. And then um, obviously I had to put myself out there and uh, did quite a few wedding fairs and and then I got spotted by a TV producer and he had this idea for a new cake show where, um, you know, wedding cake makers will compete with one another to win the opportunity to make somebody's wedding cake. 
And um, he said to me, you know, he told me about the idea. And then I gave him a list of professional cake makers he should approach because I didn't think um, I was good enough. And he said, no, no, no. I want you to compete as well. So I competed and that's how I won um, three out of three challenges on national TV, which was a bit scary at the time, to be honest. (laughs) And um, yeah, so that's how it all started, really. So how far along into your cake career was that? Was it pretty early on or? It was very early on, actually. You think looking back, it was about I wasn't more than a year or two. And I remember the reason being because I was still I was moonlighting at that time. So I was um, a headhunter by day and a cake maker at night. So I never really, it wasn't something I was full-time at. I was, you know, still on a part-time basis. So it was really scary because, you know, these, you know, the ladies out there were really, really good. And I was a nobody really. And um, it was a bit scary at the time to face um, these really established people with their assistants and, they seemed to know what they were doing. And I, all I did was literally listen to what the couples wanted. I listened to them and I tried to incorporate as much as possible into the cakes of what the couples wanted. And that was what they said um, they liked about me. So that's how I won um, three out of three challenges um, on TV. So that was, um, that was, you know, pretty exciting for me at the time. Yeah. Boy, nothing... Nothing quite so dramatic to build your confidence in starting out, like maybe quitting your headhunter job and jumping in with both feet, because yeah. that had to be a big boost to your confidence, I would think. Yes, it was. Um, but at the same time, it was scary because um, you have this weight of expectation. And, um, you know, because, again, you, it's one thing to win things, but it's another for you to think, Um, that maybe you deserve it because I kind of keep thinking, oh my God, you know, these are people that I admire. I wish my cakes were as good as theirs. And yet people seem to like my cake. So it was a good boost. But on the other hand, um, I just had it in me to say, I need to upskill. I need to learn even more and get better at this. So that was where my head was at, thinking about it. Yeah. Well, I love what you mentioned about how you just listened to the couples and what they wanted. And sure, you were up against maybe people with more experience, but just listening to the couples and understanding what they want and just having your client's best interest, I think is definitely what sets apart like good cake designers from others, you could say. And so, yeah, I think that's a great tip just for people who maybe are just starting out in wedding cakes and want to want to be above others just listen to your clients and know exactly what they want and and I think that's that's really what will set you apart absolutely I I quite agree with that because sometimes as cake makers we love to learn new things we like to show off our creativity and sometimes we need to you know put aside our egos and really let the client um, decide on what's best for them, Mm -hmm. on what they're more comfortable with, because we might be showing them fancy techniques and they might be saying, actually, that's not what I want. I like that. So we need to personalize and make sure that what we're presenting to the client or what we're trying to do for the client is what they're happy with and comfortable with. 
So I absolutely agree with you on that. Yes, we need to listen to the client. Yes. Yeah, that's really good advice. I want to jump back to the beginning when you were getting started and you came over to America because you said that you learned from Colette Peters. And that just, I, I feel you because Colette Peters' book was the first thing I actually bought her book from the bookstore. And that's how I learned to do wedding cakes was by going through her book cake by cake and learning all of the techniques that she was teaching. So I'm kind of jealous that you got to work with her in person. <laughs> but yeah, I totally, I, I, that, that, that was a good learning curve. <laughs> yes. I mean, I remember um, the reason, I mean, collect what happened was I saw a wedding cake that she made. It was a gold parcel um, presents, you know, stack of presents, like a, you know, stack of presents cake. Mm-hmm. And I saw that, in, I saw that in Brides magazine and I thought, oh my God, that surely isn't a cake. So um, luckily um, the na- her name was in the magazine. So I went to a bookstore and I ordered the book because in those days there was no internet. So you had to order it um, through a bookstore and I had to wait for six weeks. Um, then it arrived. Then I rushed down to central London to collect the book and I couldn't believe it. I used to sleep with that book because <laughs> it was amazing. It was like I had never seen anything like it. And then I tracked her down by email. I emailed her publishers and then um, finally got her on email. And then then um, she said she was going to be teaching in a school in Florida. So I registered for a, a whole weekend, um, bought my plane ticket, um, booked the hotel, um, dashed off to Florida to learn from her. And I promise you, she is amazing. I the most, it. I the most humble. Um, she was humble, really humble. I mean, I couldn't even look at her because to me, she was a goddess. You know, she was humble. She gave us loads of tips. Um, she was the friendliest, the nicest. And, um, you know, went each and every one of us, you know, went to us individually. And um, she was just lovely. And it really, really set the path for me. So, what, you know, no matter what, even in my book that I wrote, um, I gave her a massive mention because she was such an influence on me personally and on the on the wedding cake industry as well. So, yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of hers. She she really was, and it sounds like we may have learned from the same book. But you took a little more initiative than me, and you <laughs> tracked her down. So, good job. <laughs> Well, I love hearing this because it seems like just from the very get-go, you were just so dedicated and willing to sacrifice so much to learn and to to become really good. And so I love that. So, yeah, I think we can all take take advice from that and just, I don't know, just go all in and, and just practice and work hard and do what you need to to become, become what you want to be. And I will say, I looked... Oh, absolutely. And also, for me as well, um, I kind of wanted to... Because the thing is, I didn't want to become the next X, Y, Z. I wanted to become the best me. Um, Even if I was bad at it, I wanted to make sure that at least I gave myself... um, you know, all the tools. So even if if I'm a, you know, not a very good cake maker, at the very least you know, the, the least I owed myself and my potential clients is, you know, to do as many courses and to learn and practice 
as much as possible. Um, so at least I can, even if I didn't end up being successful or whatever, I can at least walk away and know I gave it my best and I gave it my all. So that's always been the way I do things anyway. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I was quite pleased um, that I got to learn from Colette and I, you know, I got to meet her. Um, and for me, it was a hobby anyway. And I enjoyed it. So why not? So I'm glad you said that, actually. I didn't think of it like that. But yeah, yeah. I'm glad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like you've been successful in several different careers because you do jump all in and you give it your all. And so that's I think that's a really good talent in and of itself. Just aside from cake making or anything else, I think it's a talent to be able to give something everything and to do your very best and learn all you can about it and become the best you can be in whatever it is that you're doing at that time. And clearly it pays off because, I mean, look at your work now. Absolutely incredible. So, <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. But on the other hand, um, there's a side of me that knows that the risk of failure is very, very high. And I think um, for a lot of people out there, um, it's not about you know, you may go all in and you may not become successful. You may fail spectacularly, but it's a risk I think people need to be able to take because even if you fail spectacularly, at least you know you've given it your all and at least you've learned something. You've learned, to, you know, how to fail in that, you know, you've learned one way to fail, if, you know, if nothing else. And because it doesn't always work out. Not all the courses, you know, I've done quite a few courses and not all the courses work out, you know. And so that's the one point I wanted to make, that it's okay to fail. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and it's okay. It's okay as you, as cake makers, it's okay, I think, too, for people to realize that they don't have to be perfect at everything. It's okay to discover what you are passionate about and your niche and go with that. You don't have to be like... You don't have to be able to do every aspect of cake decorating. You may not, you may not want to do the, I don't know, the carvings, the sculptural t- kinds of things that may not be like up your alley, but <clears throat> learning what you're good at and what you feel strongly about and then going for that, I think is, is something we all need to learn. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, you know, a lot of people, for example, I mean, you know, when the when the um, the trend is for sharp edges, um, you know, some people might never be able to do sharp edges. Some people might never be able to ganache, you know, perfectly. But the most important thing is, you know, you give it a go. You do what you're good at and just find a way to make it work for you. So that's an absolutely good point there that we have to learn, you know, what we're good at, you know, what showcases are a style the best and then and then do that yeah absolutely so elizabeth i would love to hear kind of we talked about your competitions but how did you jump from competitions to actually judging competitions um right um the judging bit came because um the kind of person i am uh if people approach me for help or if people approach me to do something, I'll give it a go. I got a bit of an adventurous spirit. And uh, the first time I became a judge was many years ago. I was approached by the Cake and Bake Show. It was set up by a couple from their bedroom. 
and they just wanted a cake show where it wasn't um, it wasn't a professional cake show. They had the idea of a cake show where people can come, have a great time, have a look at cakes, and even submit their own bakes. So I helped them set up um, the cake show. Um, I helped them bring in um, quite a number of people. They approached a number of sponsored uh, sponsors. Some said yes, some said no. And then I set up um, a cake catwalk. So it was a catwalk, like a real life catwalk. And people brought their cakes and um, they asked me to be a judge. And it was me, the editor of um, an amazing uh, food magazine and a couple of other people. And the other people pulled out. And I was the person left standing with this editor. And um, that was the first time I judged. And I had to create criteria for judging, which I did. And it just took off from there. And then once I did that, um, other judging, you know, other judging opportunities came. So I was asked to judge in Italy. And that was really, really cool. That was an adventure. I didn't speak the language, obviously. And um, I had to find a way to communicate. Um, and I did a, like a pictogram, um, a pictogram. And then I found an amazing um, guy. He owned a bakery and he brought me in as a consultant to consult for his bakery. And then we became a double act. So from then on, I did a number of um, judging competitions in Italy. Then I became brand ambassador for a particular type of fondant called Massa and from that, um, I was asked to go to Switzerland to judge. And then I did another judging in, um, I think, Germany. And then it kind of just took off. Um, wow. So again, it was down to um, having, you know, being adventurous, um, sensing opportunities and just, you know, just going with the flow, really. Yeah. I just want to be your suitcase. <laughs> Unfortunately, COVID has put a stop to all that yeah, now. I don't know, I know. when. I'll <laughs> well, hopefully we'll get it all behind us and you can do it again. And man, it sounds like a lot of fun. For sure. Very cool. Yes. Yes. It's, you know, I, I've been, I, I think I've been quite fortunate because, you know, again, I always say to people, there are, you know, you can either, you know, wait for opportunities to come to you or you can go out looking for opportunities and somehow, if you put it out there, um, you know, opportunities will come. Um, just like I'm doing my first podcast with you guys today. So <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't sound quite as adventurous as some of the other things you've done, but we're happy that you're excited we're about it. <laughs> well, I am. And I think that's one of the things I get very excited about, even if they're you know, not big, thi you know, not big things to other people. Um, it is a big deal because... You know, you're, you know, five, six thousand miles away, you know, from me. And yet um, through technology, we're able to do this. So to me, this is very exciting. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> it is for us, too. <laughs> Definitely is for us, too. So I went on to um, Amazon and I just looked through the first few pages that they let you look through on your cookbook. And it is beautiful. I would like to hear more about the, your cookbook. It's actually not exactly a cookbook, is it? It's it's it almost looks more like a coffee table book or something. It's so beautiful. Oh, thank you. Well, the idea was that it was it was going to be a coffee table book, um, and I had the idea to write the book, 
But um, I did. I I I look. I then went to look for a publishing deal. Now the problem was that a lot of publishers, uh, when it comes to cookbooks, certainly in the UK, they wanted someone who was maybe a celebrity or a household name, and I wasn't any of those. So um, they offered me a deal, and the deal was not a very good deal. It was a very bad deal, and on top of that, they were going to own the rights to my work for the next, I don't know, 70 years. And I just thought, you know what? I'm going to do this myself. I will self-publish. And um, I started on the path of self-publishing and then realized that to do the kind of coffee book I wanted to do, I'd have to sell the book for about at least a hundred pounds or something. And most cookbooks, the most you can sell it for on Amazon is about, I don't know, 35, 40 pounds. So it ended up being half a coffee book and half a cookbook, which was a lesson in itself. But, I'm, but I, wanted, I, I didn't want to compromise on the look and feel and the content. And then I found this amazing, amazing um, uh, publisher. You know, they help, self, uh, they help people to self-publish. And they were absolutely amazing. So I learned a lot. Um, I made a ton of mistakes. But um, the most, you know, for me, the fact that I got it out there, I got it onto Amazon, and it became, you know, it cracked the top 20 of cookbooks. That was a very proud achievement for me. So I'm quite glad I did it. Um, but there are things I'll, I'll, I'll not do the same if I were to do it again. Do you think you might do it again? Um, I think I might because I'm that I'm crazy enough. But I think this time I will probably try and find a publisher um, if I can. But I think I might do it again. I think I might. I think that probably since it did so well, it will be a little easier for you to find a publisher because I don't know. Maybe they'll think of you more as a celebrity now. <laughs> Uh, maybe. I mean, obviously, I know I'm not a celebrity for sure, but um, I think now it might be different because once you have a bit of a platform, um, you know, now that I have a bit of a platform, I think they might consider. The only problem is um, a publishing house would want to control everything from the title to the visuals to the book cover. So, Obviously, they're expert at what sells and what doesn't sell. So, but the problem is there might be a bit of a conflict there because, you know, there's something about controlling your own destiny that I kind of feel very strongly about. So, yeah, but, yes. you know, we, we have to compromise, yes. And owning, we might have to. and owning your own work, too. I'm, I'm glad you didn't go with a publisher for your first one because it's nice that you own the rights to your book and you can decide what to do with it and not have it in someone else's hands. Absolutely. And that was, um, and especially if the, if what they're offering is not very much. And from what I understand anyway, um, on, if, unless you get um, an exceptional agent to negotiate for you, you don't make a lot of money on your first book anyway. So for me, I'm quite glad that I decided to do it my way. But I think for the second one, if I can get an amazing agent, um, yeah, I, I'll be happy to, you know, to release some of the um, some of the rights in exchange for 
a good deal of money, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's great that you there were doors in your way. And so you just opened the doors yourself. I think I think that's really smart. And now the doors are open. And so maybe someone will will see that and and gobble you up for the second one. Well, you know, let's put it out to the universe and hopefully <laughs> after this podcast. <laughs> Some publishers out there listening and they're ready. And would uh, <laughs> be very welcome post-COVID. I tell you, it would be really welcome. Yeah. Um, COVID has really decimated a lot of our industries in the UK. Um, so, yeah, hopefully positivity will happen. For sure. Okay, so you claim that you're not a celebrity, but a couple of your cakes have appeared in movies, right? Yes, yes. And I, I know. I mean, I, I again, um, I was approached by someone who, I mean, it was, you know, it was just like a random email. It, it wasn't even, it wasn't even, you know, like official or structured. It was more like, you know, we might be doing X, Y, Z. Are you free? And I said, sure, why not? Again, you know, one of those things. I always say yes to most things anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, I said, yeah, sure, you know, why not? And then I researched um, doing cakes for movies because, um, I'd, because I'd done a few t- um, programs myself. I then realized that I had to do multiple cakes now, they, they asked me to do a few cakes. Then I realized that if they had to do maybe 10 takes or 20 takes, I have to have enough cake for that. So um, I then wrote back and I said, sure, you know, um, you know uh, do you have a budget and what kind of budget is, is it? Because one thing I learned is, you know, you can give them a quote, but you can't give a quote for, you know, something you don't know what you're quoting for. So I then kind of said, you know, what's the budget? And um, it wasn't a massive budget at all. And I said, okay, um, let's see what I can do. And then I did, you know, multiple cakes. And when I arrived on set, um, I, obviously there was the big main cake that was beautiful, which was, you know, a mock-up cake. And then I asked a little bit about, is a cake going to be smashed? Is it going to remain in one piece? Um, and they said the idea is actually that the, um, they go for a cake tasting, but one of the friends keeps eating, you know, cake upon cake upon cake. So I kind of knew they needed multiple cakes, and that's what I did. So when I arrived on set with the cakes, um, I think I had about 20, 25, bo- you know, different boxes of cake. Um, one of, you know, the lady that commissioned me, she was like, oh, my God, this is way too much. And um, I I left and then I then get this email saying, oh, my God, thank you so much for giving us this many cakes. Because um, in setting up, we then realized we had to do a mock up of a cake shop. Um, And also because the friend kept, you know, kept eating the cake over and over again, we just about had enough. So, again, it's about, you know, sometimes you've got to you've got to help people (laughs) to help themselves as it were yeah that's awesome so how many wedding cakes do you do like per month not including Um, covid (laughs) yeah on a in a typical year um it really varies and and this is the reason why um because it depends on what kind of cake it is so for example um during wedding season i always have um destination wedding cakes so 
I may have to do, you know, a massive wedding cake to be delivered to Italy or France or Germany or Austria or something or Spain. So that could be the one cake that I do for a couple of weeks or for a month. So my team and I, that could be the only cake we work on. But if it's a London-based cake, for example, um, we could do, I try not to do more than three a weekend, um, one on a Friday, one on a Saturday, one on a Sunday, because um, some of the cakes are very intricate and I, I prefer to just focus on one cake, you know, for that duration. So if I'm doing a destination wedding cake, and it's about, I don't know, 10 tiers or something or six tiers or whatever. Um, and then I need to factor in, um, you know, all the prep time, all the boxing up, delivery time. And delivery can be over a day or two, um, getting there, um, getting there the day before or two days before, then coming back. Um, so, you know, so that's a week or 10 days of time already gone so that's why it's very difficult to say you know how many cakes I do you know in a season sure. so it depends on what comes in really is the answer yeah that makes sense so Elizabeth can you tell us about the most expensive or elaborate cake that you've done um I can't I can't tell you the um the cost of it because obviously I signed a non-disclosure um, um but I can this is what I can tell you I can tell you it was 20 tiers. Um, the bride wanted, actually the bride was American and the bride wanted to get married in Austria in um, one of the fanciest palaces I've ever seen in my life. So I had to study the palace. Um, it's golden white, um, you know, the most blingiest palace in the world. And her only requirement was that she wanted it to look like Will and Kate's royal wedding cake but 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 her version so um a golden white version a bling version of the royal wedding cake so um she left the number of tiers up to me um she left the design up to me so i decided to use the palace as inspiration for the design so everything was white and gold and it was 20 tiers and it was transported by road, by um, massive lorry from the UK to Austria. Um, so yeah, so that was the most fancy, you know, blingiest cake ever. <laughs> and it was very tall. It was, um, I don't know, probably about seven foot, eight foot, something like that. It was really, really tall. Because again, the palace has very, very high ceilings. So, and, and I didn't want it to look, I didn't want the cake to look small. I know it sounds weird that a 20 tier cake might look small, but I, I had to get measurements. Let's put it that way. I had to get measurements for everything, the doors, the width, the ceiling. Um, and then I couldn't come through the front door. So I had to get measurements of the lifts round the back. Um, yeah. And these are things that people don't think of when they're delivering cakes like that. So I had to deliver in bits and then assemble um, on site, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. And how long did it take to assemble something like that on site? Um, a couple of hours, actually. It wasn't as um, complicated as people think because, you know, I, I kind of broke it down. Uh, the cake was broken down into like three or four parts. So, um, 
So some were pre-assembled. And then when I got to the other side, I was able to, you know, it was like a jigsaw puzzle. So I had my, I had my notes. I had my map, um, as it were, like a little um, roadmap of what goes where and, you know, where's the front, where's the back kind of thing, diagrams and stuff like that. Um, so that really, really helped. So it, it just a couple of hours, really, and it was done. Wow. And I was actually surprised <laughs> myself. Yeah, that's awesome. So how often do you end up doing cakes for people that want you to sign a non-disclosure? Um, I would say in a season, I probably do about six to ten, you know, six to ten such cakes. Wow. Uh, yeah, six to ten, I would say every season. Um, because a lot of them, it's um, about security. Um, some don't like the idea. They don't want people to think that they're flaunting their wealth because a lot of people hate rich people. Um, and for some people, it's security issues, uh, ransom and kidnap. And, you know, especially if you're getting married and, you know, you don't know if the bride's going to be kidnapped. If the, th- there's a lot of issues, let's put it that way, that we wouldn't normally think about. Um, a lot of their friends can't use their mobile phones, for example, at the wedding. Um, you know, you can't take a selfie. Um, you might have to disable the geo, the geotagging on your phone. Um, so there's a lot of security issues that go with, um, these kind of events that people don't think about, you know, you, you and I just think, oh my God, you know, what a pretty wedding, you know, when you're looking at the magazine, where maybe Martha Stewart bride or bride's magazine or you know, People magazine, but there's a lot of security issues that you need to think about. And we do get scanned as well anyway. Um, so no selfies. Um, you can't bring you to mobile anyway. So, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So yeah. one thing I noticed as I was looking at your website is that you do your teaching now too. So, and um, you do a master class on book publishing, right? And then a master class on business, how to run your business, and then on cake. Did I get that right? Absolutely. Um, in fact, I'm, well, during lockdown, um, you know, because I kept having lots and lots of people call me saying, oh, you know, how do I write a book? Because a lot of people wanted to use, because we kind of sensed the lockdown was going to take a long time, um, looking at past pandemics. Um, so some people were like, oh, my God, you know, how do I self-publish my book? Um, some people were like, you know, how do I attract high-end clients? So I, I, what I'm now doing is I'm putting all that. Um, I've created something called the Luxury Business Emporium and um, created that. I'm going to do courses. I'm going to do, um, you know, online seminars. I'm going to do workshops and literally p- take people through the process um, a step-by-step process of um, how to attract high-end clients, um, how to self-publish, for example. Um, that's another one on my list. So um, there's a page on Instagram called the Luxury Business Emporium. It's not live yet, but I've just created it and I'm in the process of creating my website. So I take it away from the cake website so people are not confused. And um, I'm going to make it, um, I might even do a membership as well so people can join. And for a monthly fee, we do courses every month that takes people through, you know, how to do this and how to do that and how to market and how to do your social media and, you know, the kind of look and feel the high-end people like for the website, etc. 
So yeah, it's very early days, but it's very exciting. Very That's cool. very cool. Yeah. What a what a great use of extra COVID time too for, for you and for other people to help improve people's businesses. Exactly. I mean, to be honest, you know, I really, you know, this, this really wasn't the time to do it, but COVID happened. And then a lot of people kept asking me to do, you know, to do talks and um, Instagram lives and webinars and now a podcast. So <laughs> I kind of thought, why not? You know, so, exactly. you know, rather than my thumbs, why not? You know, <laughs> well, so that's in your future. Do you see anything else in the future for Elizabeth's Cake Emporium? Um, well, I'm hoping that big weddings come back <laughs> yes. because right now uh, we're only allowed 30 people at weddings. Um, so that means small weddings and small wedding cakes. And I love, 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 love creating big wedding cakes. Um, so I'm hoping big wedding cakes come back. I'm hoping, um, you know, maybe some sort of TV show or some sort of, you know, um, more webinars for sure. You know, maybe a book, who knows? I mean, it might be another type of book, who knows? So yeah, hopefully, you know, we put it out there to the universe and then we see what happens. Yeah, well, after talking to you, it, it seems like you're just willing to expand your business and just go in to everything. And so, yeah, we can, I'm expecting a lot from you. So we're excited. <laughs> no pressure then. <laughs> you know, God, you know, God, willing, it would happen. Um, but, you know, again, it's got to be, you know, I don't want to rush in and do everything. I, I, I like to go in, test the waters, see what works, because I say to people, for the one thing that works, there might there are nine other things that haven't worked that people don't see. Absolutely. Um, so I like to go in, you know, test the waters. And if it doesn't work, I back out. Um, so, yeah. So there's been a lot of failures to get to this point. <laughs> well, Elizabeth, it has been such a pleasure talking to you today. You have just done so many cool things and you have such a, a great outlook on how to present your business and succeed and so I think that that's really valuable for all of us so thank you so much for taking time to come and talk to us today oh thank you very much for having me and um yeah the pleasure's all mine and I'm just so flattered and very honored to have done my first podcast during COVID so you know very um you know this is one of the cool things I've done this year actually <laughs> well that's awesome so, we feel very much. honored that your first was let's talk cake yep. so thank you <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you very much thank you so much elizabeth that was so much good insight and seriously you're such a dreamer and i think all of us can be a little more what's the word i'm looking for dreamy <laughs> <laughs> Dreamy. a little more ambitious than our yeah, dreams I don't know. <laughs> so for our challenge this week after talking to her our first thought was to, our challenge would be to send all of us to England for a day or two. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> but that won't really work. So our second thought was to say yes. Elizabeth just has said yes to so many things and not all of them panned out to be great. But because she said yes to a lot of things, she had opportunities that wouldn't have come her way if she had said no. And so if you have an opportunity this week to say yes to some new thing or whatever, just anything in your life, maybe go out of your comfort zone a little bit and say yes. Yeah. And it doesn't even need to be 
a yes to someone else or accepting something from someone else. Just say yes to yourself. Allow yourself to be ambitious and to, like I said, be dreamy. (laughs) But really, just dream and, and be ambitious because we've talked about it before, but we all can do so much more than what we think. And I mean... Really, I think we hold ourselves back, like I've said in past episodes, but if we just say yes to ourselves and allow ourselves to try new things and and be willing to fail, I think it's totally okay. Well, think about what Elizabeth just said. She said that she was asked by a producer of a show to be on, and she thought she was just supposed to be looking for other people to be on the show, and they wanted her. And she didn't think she was good enough, but she did it, and she won. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean... We pass up opportunities if we doubt ourselves and if we don't give ourselves the opportunity. So say yes to something, whether it's someone else or an opportunity to try something new or yes to something that you've wanted to try and have been afraid. For sure. But we are so excited for next week as well because we have another great guest coming on. We will be talking to Jasmine from Jasmine Ray Cakes. And if you have seen her stuff, you are just in awe. Oh my goodness. (laughs) It's true artwork. It really is just like you're looking through a gallery. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's different. She, she has carved out a a niche for herself that is just really amazing. And I'm, I'm so excited to talk to her. (laughs) Yeah. It'll be a good one. So stay tuned for that. And we just want to thank each and every one of you once again for your support in the Let's Talk Cake podcast. And thank you to our producer, Corey, who does so much hard work behind the scenes. And we look forward to talking cake next week. Hey, everyone. This is producer Corey. I just wanted to say thanks for listening. Also, subscribe to the podcast and follow the Let's Talk Cake podcast on Instagram so you don't miss out on any content. If you do the challenge this week, tag the podcast in your post, and we'll share it in the next episode. Thanks again, and we'll see you next Tuesday.